If you are just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gaines and I'm here with Simran. Yo, yo. And we can hear her. It's a miracle. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 2023 technology. Love it. Man, I've not streamed in so long and I've also not streamed until I've got that piece of garbage mic. Oh, don't you know what? It served you well for the most part. It's just recently it started playing up. But like it, it played up, then it fixed itself, and now it's playing up again. It's temperamental. It's which just makes sense for this show. It's on <laughs> it brand. really does. Exactly. At least it's on brand. I just want to say before we kick start, right? This week, well, last week's show, we moaned about the weather. In this week, I chose to upload a little socials clip of that was moaning about the weather. And I don't know if we have some kind of power or something or whether God's just trying to be like ironic. But literally the two days afterwards, it's just been really sunny and really hot. Like it just changed just like that. Oh, yeah, you're right. Actually, I was going to say because the weather sucks here today. But like this week has been nice, actually. It's felt like summer again, which is exactly. it's just mad how much it plays with my mood. Like suddenly all my problems are just gone we <laughs> know what it literally is like it's just it's also annoying because it's like i've literally just posted that socials clip making a point about how where is summer 2023 and then literally summer 2023 is here i'll be for like two days and it's just like it yeah. looks like why have i posted that then it's so annoying like, like it proper rained here today like it's gone it's gray outside oh it was nice while it lasted what's the weather like in money? It's actually, it's it's teasing us. It's like overcast, but still hasn't rained yet. So Also, it's hot. Yeah, it is still hot, which I suppose, I don't know. I was, t- I was saying this before, like I would rather it like be cold and um, I would rather it be cold and all right weather than it be nice weather sometimes and be ridiculously hot. Actually, I don't know what I'm saying. Basically, I'm just saying, what's the point of it being overcast with like loads of r- really heat, really humid? I yeah, the worst weather condition is humidity. Yeah, it's horrible. Like basically, places around the, I don't know where to describe it. Like Miami is like this. Like it's like really like humid sometimes. Actually, no, it's not. You know what's really humid? India. That's that. That's the closest mm. to what I can say. Like where it's like really hot. But then also like really humid as well, and it's just sticky. Like not a fan. Not a fan. How was last night? It was good. You jealous? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw everyone on on like social media, and I was like, oh, I got FOMO. Could have been you. I saw my bestie Jordan, and I was like. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe you should have just come up and try to like get some flat viewings on the day i, I was thinking you know i was legit thinking about coming up this weekend because i don't have any like proper solid yeah. plans this weekend and i was like if i just can book like how many would have to like justify like three four viewings that's not even that many i don't even know I... but like you have put me off with that story of your, your mate my mate well, was it uh... you that told me and they yeah it was of the raining what was it? No, no, no someone that you know, and they had oh, like loads so of back-to-back. Sachin's back mate, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. they all got cancelled. 
But if you plan it for a Saturday, it means you're still coming up from Mangum with Sala, so you know. That's what I mean. I would have liked seeing you guys. Yeah. I would have streamed live. Could have had some viewing. You know what hey. spun me as well was like um, because obviously I had a few drinks last night, and I don't know what you were doing last night, but you texted at three in the morning, like oh. see, you, you texted "see you later" or something, and me and my like <laughs> semi-tipsy state was like, "Oh, maybe she's coming to surprise us," like because you said "see you later." I was like, "Oh." Oh, okay. That's leaving open, but then obviously, Sorry, that later, yeah. Open, you then said like, just to check, I'm streaming. Where I was like, oh, is this some elaborate mind play? To like, oh, please. <laughs> but that's actually thought, really funny that you thought I was like on route to Manchester <laughs> and the whole time I've just been at home. <laughs> well, no, it's because like I didn't know what time it was when I checked my phone and saw that text. So I thought it was like at six in the morning. I was like, oh, she's oh, woken up and she's got some flat viewings. Like she's going. <laughs> I just made these scenarios in my head and it never happened. So it's, it's I like funny. the like hope, the hope. You know what it is? It's because of that one time where it was the Asian Media Awards and literally woke up to like your your coming. <gasps> oh on the day. Like, my god! Yeah. Ever since that's like, happened, like you know the palaver. Yeah, the palaver of like deciding I was going to the awards, securing a ticket, and like arranging my plans around my whole day. Mm. Um. All before any of you lot had woken up. <laughs> I know. It was madness. Wouldn't have had it any other way, though. Only a true manga masala fashion for us to just do things chaotically with a whole bunch of issues along the way. I know. I've been trying for the best of three years to try and move away from that, but it's just, it just doesn't work. Like it it's, it's our brand. <laughs> our brand. Um, also, <laughs> so I was out with... Uh, Four of my aunts and my mum last night. Yeah, I saw in your burial. I was like, yeah, we went for dinner and we went we went to a bar afterwards. And first of all, my aunts can absolutely get down. Second of all, one thing I've realised is I haven't shut up about your wedding since it happened. Well, with good reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I was I was like, apparently I've been banging on about it, and I was banging on about it yesterday, and I said something about your um, buggery and how we had to like Mianka ran and went to go get it before the cocktail party. And as when I started telling the story, they were like, "We know," and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." How many times have I told this story? Oh. <laughs> uh. The only what's funny as well is I was listening back to um, last week's episode when we were, to- it was the wedding episode last week, wasn't it? When we were talking about um, stuff at the beginning and you were like basically comparing your cousin's wedding. And because we were like talking on Zoom, there was a point where I was like, well, it's actually my wedding and we need to, we're talking about this. And like, it obviously like in person it's like obvious and being sarcastic but i listened to it back and it literally sounded like i was like no we're talking about my wedding actually like like, this makes me come across really bad so for anyone that's listened to that i was being sarcastic obviously condolences to the bad weather for simran's cousin's wedding but it was still like oh yeah it was about the weather wasn't it and i just made a comparison and you were just like "Um, excuse me it's not your cousin's wedding episode (laughs) Uh, anyway yeah no it was really nice last night we went to this um new place in manchester it's called in um, diecast if anyone wants to go it um is like near piccadilly Ancoats area and it's basically another version of this like kind of like mackie mayor um escape to Frat island that kind of vibe which is basically like old like warehouse 
industrial spaces basically turned into like drinks and foods thing and the thing that's like kind of unique about this one is at the moment um the food is um pizza and it's really nice pizza actually like you know what i like most about it is um the crust is like almost like it, it's very light almost like pastry and one thing i hate is like when like i'm having a pizza and i just have loads of crust left at the end like i know it's nice to have with dips but it's still like it, i'm just kind of like, what's the point like it is just empty carbs at the end of the day but like this is actually worth it so i'd recommend that pizza and also the really cool thing which is why i was drawn to it especially is they have um loads of um frozen daiquiri like machines but like slushies and they have all these different flavors and you can like mix them and stuff and like my like one of my drinks of choice is um white rum with stuff and obviously i like my sweet drinks so that was like an immediate appeal it is pricey like i will say that but they were really good so kind of pays out and also they have dances and stuff so yeah i yes that's what i saw and i thought you went to like um like a show or something Nah, so it's like basically at like 9, 10 p.m. Like they have these dancers go on. They have like, because it's like an industrial space, they have like scaffolding and stuff. Yeah. And they're kind of just like doing their thing. Like, I, honestly, like we had, we got, because it's so busy, we could only get a booking for like 6.30. So it was like quite like straight from work kind of vibe. So by 10, 10.30, I was like, I'm ready to go home. And that's another thing as well. I literally, I was like, I don't know if it is, is am I old or am I just yes. like, yeah okay fine but the thing is is, like half the people there were older than me like you're not old you're so you're what you're 27 in two months yeah but no but it's like half the people there are older than me so why am i i just get so tired i don't know if it's like the effect of alcohol on me or anything but like i don't know it's just you're about to be the worst age (sighs) well i don't yo this is a you and halima thing i don't think 27 is that bad I like it the way it sounds. No one likes you when you're 27. That's rude. <laughs> we have two more months before they like you. Well, so what's gonna happen? You're just gonna drop me in two months. Not gonna lie, you're 24. You lost. You lost two years because of COVID. That's true. That is very. That true. makes me 21. You know what's weird as well? Like we were saying um, about like. Um, like some was something talking about age or something that yesterday, and like. Um, someone was talking about um, oh yeah like they're 22 or something and I was like well you know like that's literally like Simran's 23 and you wouldn't think she's 23 and it's like what like and they're like oh yeah <laughs> like it is really weird like especially because like we have like pe- we know people who are like you still think of it in school years like that many years yeah. below and it's just like it's weird I am um, beyond your years I'm thank you I am 24 this year, yeah? I'm not happy about it at all because that is, like, past the point of being able to get away with things. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm no longer early 20s. I'm mid-20s officially. And that's, like, I'm no longer young. Like, 24 is a fully-fledged adult. Like, I feel like I still have this weird, like, oh, 20 is just baby. Not baby. No one no one calls 24-year-olds babies. And that, now this whole baby thing is part of my brand. It's like a personality mm. trait at this point. I also think that 24 is the age at which if you were to have a baby, it's like not like, a oh, that's quite young. Do you know what I mean? Like 20, I think 24 is like the Margaret's like, oh, okay. That, that's not, that's not, that, not that having a baby like younger than that is weird per se, but it's like, oh, that's like not yeah. out of the norm. Like, yeah. You go from like, oh no, to congratulations, 
it literally it's weird how society works like that as well but yeah i am not ready for that you know like, you're the age that you'll be the age that i was when we started manga masala wow yeah that's a nice way to put it yeah so not that old but like so since i moved home my family are full force advocates of me getting married and you know i had you know like while i was in union we used to have these convos and halima used to talk about her family and how like kind of they would like talk to her about finding someone and whatever yeah i remember thinking like now nah, my family would never like they're they're gonna be so chilled out they're gonna let me you know do it myself go at my own pace <laughs> so wrong so wrong every topic of conversation every time i see anyone it's like right let's find you a man where is he like when we're out like last night like every probably i would say 15 20 minutes the conversation came up of like is there someone here that you fancy simran what would they have literally gone and wing womaned you i reckon i reckon they would have <laughs> like if i genuinely said like over there they would have been like so this is my niece her name's simran da, 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 da. and the only thing they were like they asked me they were like oh like are you seeing anyone? Is there anyone? Have you met someone? Like, you know, we're doing all the work for you. You know, you might have just done it yourself. First of all. Do you need to oh. know? Like, like as well. Second, like, well, no, I love them. I love them and I would tell them. But obviously you can't, like, tell you, people you, every interaction you have with yeah. someone. Like, it's kind of like if it got to a point you would tell them if it got to a point where it would make sense to tell them and if not then like yeah why are you like you don't want to prod it and i don't like, i don't even plan on being in that position for a very long time yet so it's it's a, such a strange one of like trying to explain to people that you're actively not dating or looking or you're actively not have you don't have intentions for that right now chronically single so it's like pardon? chronically single i am chronically you're right but voluntarily <laughs> Chronically not saying if I was not not saying if I was involuntarily wait <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is yeah <laughs> that but like trying to explain to them is so hard but yeah you can't explain like every single interaction you have so I had like I just kind of like made some stuff up and I was like yeah like the people well I was just saying like how at the wedding like people's mothers were just asking questions and that kind of like held them over for a bit and I was like cool this will work <laughs> That's actually so weird, though, that you would that you're in a position where you would rather make stuff up about potential, um, like love just interests. Just to like hold them over. Yeah. Not even no, no, not make them up. I didn't make anything up, but I just said like how at the wedding, other people's mothers were asking about like what I do and that kind of stuff, and I like, oh my son is X Y Z as well. Do you know what I mean? A little bit of a like a not a white lie, but like just like making kind of just yeah. like a, just tied it over for a little bit yeah. and kind of like but that's what i mean though i feel like it's so weird that like i feel like before i would have thought there would have been like or i feel like when you're at a certain age it's kind of like no news is good news like say if you're like young and in school and stuff then they would be like oh don't let any boys distract you from your studies or oh no you're too young to be dating or, like oh why are you wasting this your time blah point. blah blah so this then immediately it switches exactly. to like you're actually this... make not making no, up no, stuff no. but like drawing on stuff to like actually it's so weird i'm like faking a love life like yeah. oh, what's going on but like no you're so right and that's my that's my biggest that's the weirdest thing about having moved home now is that pre-uni i would never never think about 
speaking about my love life to any of my cousins, let alone my male cousins, right? And being like, I, I have a crush on this boy. I looked in the direction of this boy. And they're like, who is he? Like, where does he live? Like, do you know what I mean? It went from like that to like, so where's your boyfriend? Why aren't you married? Why aren't you engaged? Are you dating? You need to date. You're in London. You need to date. And I'm like, stop giving me love advice, please. You're 32. <laughs> that's not it's 30. You say that. That's not even that. Wait, is one of your... No, not the age thing, but like just giving me advice when like before they would be like, the older presence of being like, do not even look in the direction of a boy. True, but also like, just rewind for a second. So you're, one of your aunts is 32. No, this is like one of my cousins. I was going to say, I was literally like, wow. Like, that is- but I definitely do have like some really young aunts and uncles, but they're obviously more like cousins. Madness. I have an uncle who's like 26. Fair enough. And I have a niece who's like 15. Only in Asia. Yeah, fact. Yeah. This is what happens when people have like nine kids and the difference between the first and the last kid is like over 20 years. I kind of hear for it though. Like a, it does it's, create more of that family like, kind of When vibe. you speak to like people that come from cultures where this isn't normal, like where you just have like two or three kids and, you know, people have like their relationships with their first cousins but like you know how we say cousin it could literally mean anyone yeah <laughs> like, the same with uncle as well when you were like before i was like thinking like should i ask like is it first or second i was like you know what? i can't be bothered like <laughs> no, no 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 and and my thing is right i can't even tell you how i'm related to anyone i'm really bad at like the family tree mm. i just know i'm related to these people i've been told i was related to them from the beginning of time and that's the all i need to know uh, right, on to more serious matters because that's Aww. what we love to talk about on the show. But, but, <laughs> but, I, but I have so much more to say. That's not <laughs> I have so much more to offer to the world. It's time for. No, Simran is bad vibes islanding. See, I can't compete with that. I know you can't, but you can try. No, but everyone knows I can't sing and no one wants this in their eardrums. One day we'll get it. Anyway, I um, thought it's only right that we um, talk about um, what's been in the news quite a bit over the past week, which is the barge. A barge that's been um, docked at um, just off the coast of Dorset. And this is one of the new initiatives that the government's um, been carrying out, which is instead of putting um, migrants, refugees into hotels, they want to house them in these temporary barges, right? Um, which I was speaking to my dad about, and he made a very good point of, um, in my opinion, and in his opinion, it's very much like a symbolic thing of like this whole like, oh you've come into this country but you're the fact that they're on in the water it's kind of like they're not actually in the country do you know what i mean it's kind of like this way of like saying like oh you're not actually like on our land like it's very much like sort of a pleasing to certain minds in this country that's the thing like oh yeah this is showing them and i mean it's not been great i mean obviously the whole idea of like if that is the case and I'm looking at a picture of it now and it's not exactly the most glamorous thing 
like it does look a bit like a prison if i'm being honest and i know a lot of people out there including a particular conservative mp i think it was lee anderson um that's literally gone on record saying that if the migrants don't like it then they can f off back to france and i mean for, there's so many things wrong with that but it is also i think at its core it's like just because these people are migrants and are fleeing um the worst possible situation and are therefore very much desperate doesn't mean that they're only entitled to the worst possible scenario the worst possible conditions i think the thing is as well think- people have this argument of like oh like migrants should only go to like the um the first country that they um like are able to get to that's not their own which being realistic is such a stupid thing to say as well because when a country is like in its own like war or or is experiencing some kind of negative impact obviously not all of its citizens or all of the people fleeing the country are going to go to just one neighboring country or two neighboring countries because that's never going to work that's going to overload that particular country and it means that therefore just because one particular country is situated in a particular place on the globe it therefore isn't entitled to take on any refugees ever it doesn't make sense i just think like the british media does such a good job of portraying these people as not people and they like villainize them and they create like these scaremongering tactics to kind of force the public into justifying the government's actions when they do things like this and house them in these conditions and treat them a certain way because we're set up from the beginning to believe that these people aren't worthy of space on our land or you know humane conditions or food and water and protection for their children and things like that Mm. The, the barge thing is such a slap in the face like there's not even any other what more eloquent way i can put it it's so disrespectful and you're right about the like neighboring countries thing because more often than not the neighboring countries also have some turmoil going on and you can't expect all all the hundreds and thousands of people that are fleeing to go to one country just because it's geographically nearby like if there's anything going on there or not yeah it is and literally like say if something bad happened to the uk such what it doesn't uh would I mean, we if something expect- bad happened to the uk these politicians would be the first to go somewhere else and flee and expect yeah, like, all these like the world for and the, the uk british, sort of vibe and the, yeah and the british public would not survive like you they you, they don't have a grip on reality enough to understand what it takes for someone to pack up as many belongings as they can, their children, and get on a boat where you have probably have more chance of like not even making it to land again. And they know that. They're not mm. silly. They know the risk they're going, like they're putting themselves at by getting on these boats. And then they finally make it somewhere and they get treated like the way that we treat them here. Yeah. It's literally like, so this um, barge as well, it's basically being used as temporary housing in the same way that hotels is while whilst people await the outcome of their asylum application. And it is just such... Which, like, in this country, the application process is... Oh my God, without swearing, I was like... But without, like, it's so long-winded and they make it long on purpose. And, you know, in it's our a opinion. pretty... It's a pretty messed up system as well, from what I understand of it, in mm. terms of how they judge um, how people get in and on, on what grounds and stuff like that. Yeah. And then whilst they're awaiting this, I don't know, they either get minimal or no support. Like, 
obvious and obviously people then will argue oh but this and they're being housed in these hotels or these barges blah 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 but if you look at these hotels i've seen such horror stories about i saw one um that was in birmingham the other day and it literally is like the worst possible conditions run down and literally case in point here we have so literally earlier this week a couple of days ago um around 40 um migrants i think started loading onto this um barge off the course of dorset it's called the bibby stockholm barge um literally a couple of days in all of those, I think it's 39 actually, 39 migrants have now come off the barge because within a couple of days, um, traces of Legionella bacteria were found in the onboard water system. This was after um, a couple of people on board had sore throats, um, coughing, breathing problems. So, li- And they've been took off and they've been told, like, realistically, in a week you're going to be back on this barge. And, in, and eventually they plan to house um, up to 500 men aged 18 to 65 on this barge. But it's just, like, such... It, it is literally just shows, like, how bad these conditions are. The fact that within a couple of days this plan is just gone out of the window and it's like who's regulating these conditions for these people because they're people at the end of the day i think we forget like our humanity when it comes to things like this and you're helping people that have flown the worst of the worst conditions and you want to treat them like this when they finally like make it to any destination and i just feel like yeah who's regulating the conditions that these people are like receiving when they get here i don't even... there isn't i don't think they had results of low levels of the bacteria on Monday and it got worse and worse as each day got on, but they didn't actually do anything until Thursday. That's the thing as well. I feel like surely, like, if you care about these people, at the risk of any kind of, like, outbreak of, like, serious health thing, this Legionella bacteria can potentially lead to um, illnesses such as pneumonia. Surely, like, the first sign of that should be like, okay, let's, like... Let's, let's deal with this let's move these people temporarily or actually rethink maybe these barges aren't actually like the best place to be housing these people and like you say at the end of the day they're people i just think like british policies when it comes to most things are getting more heinous by the year like it's just like there's nothing i've said this a few times mostly about america but n- more recently about england no britain that nothing surprises me anymore yeah i I think before you could be like you could read a headline and be like that doesn't even sound like it's plausible and now everything is so plausible that you don't even roll your eyes at anything anymore yeah i think you've said before and i agree with that i think since partygate happened and they just kind of nothing really has come of it but it just shows like we're put up with so much in this country. I know Halima always goes on the run about like the French. Yeah. And she has a point. And it's just like, we put up with a lot and we don't get a lot back as people as well. And I just feel like, why are we still here? Why isn't, why is nothing being actually done ever? Yeah. And it is sad as well that even like, after this election happens whether it's next year or the year after i yeah i find it hard personally to see that much of a positive future which is oh, sad. No, no, no. nothing will change and nothing will ever change for as long as like these kind of people are in power this whole thing they're like the policy that was going to go through thankfully didn't about rwanda 
and like a whole bunch of other things i think just creates so much racial tension in this country and like people want to sit here and be like oh no but like racism doesn't really exist anymore like you know england's so multicultural and i just feel like yeah in places but then you go other places and it's so not and the underlying tones of like racism and like racial tension are everywhere no matter where you live in this country they are everywhere like you can't escape it yeah and i also one thing i've noticed yeah is certain people's attitudes towards news stories like this and i think maybe it's like an exhaustion thing that people are just done and no one can even consume any more bad news anymore which i get like i fully get it but i remember like someone posting about it on their instagram story and then on their close friends they put a bunch of people replying and all the people replying were like this is so slay this is so slay of you like go like human rights social justice warrior like on their close friends right like just for like other not everyone to see and i was thinking like this is not this is not like that's so disconnected from the point of the story and like that's so disconnected from the news story itself for you to be like this is so slay and like go like queen for doing a human rights thing like what in the world people are so like it's it's bad as well because i feel like it's what happened in 2020 with the resurgence of the black lives matter movement was great in terms of turning people's heads towards the very important issue but then at the same time i saw so many people who got involved with stuff that i just know we're just like just like you know you just hop on a bandwagon and just doing it for the sake of it i just think you have to be so extremely privileged to reply to activism and raising awareness and thinking of something like that as slave it doesn't i don't get it like you're so far removed from the suffering and plight of other groups of people on this planet that raising attention to these issues you could reduce it down to something as jovial and like trivial as slave like that it really angered me i was like that has got to be the worst take i've ever seen yeah oh my god you know i had a question for you but i've forgotten it i remember okay go on would you ever go to a chiropractor i really want to but like you know them tiktok ones that like i i prefer i would want to go to like a professional one that's like qualified and stuff like qualified not someone that like watches tiktoks and then attempts it so if I was like, absolutely not. Yo, Carlos, I've seen this thing. <laughs> You're seeing this thing. Like, what if I was like, yo, I've seen this thing and I want to try. No, no. Oh, what, right. Do you know how serious it is? Like, literally, you can I'm end just, up I'm causing just, someone to be paralyzed just, for the rest of their life. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. For those of you that can't see Simran's face, I'm having a very hard time believing her right now, but. <laughs> stay away from me <laughs> you stay yeah, slow is... with your bone cracking mischief you can come to did manchester I... just please don't crack any bones okay fine did i bring my um disposable camera to your wedding i don't know <laughs> you're asking okay, the I wrong think, yeah, person yeah that's sorry that was actually a random question to ask the person that got married as if they don't know <laughs> I but, honestly um, tell you, I have no idea. <laughs> after this, I'm going to get my disposables developed. I have three of them. And I was I can't remember if I brought it to your wedding or not. So you might have some pictures. Oh my gosh, so edgy. 
I know, isn't it? But they're so expensive. I remember yeah. when I was little, they were like a fiver, and then like a fiver to get them developed. Now they were like twenty pound each. Yeah. And I just rang the the place that does the the pictures, and they're fourteen pound per camera. Now, honestly, because when it came to the wedding, we were like thinking, oh, we'll get like a disposable camera and put one on each table um, for the reception. Oh, one on each table is generous. No, but no, but obviously in the in the old days, like that would have actually been doable, probably. But like nowadays, it's like 20, when it's like twenty quid per camera, it's like absolutely no chance. That's what I was thinking. Like, what? Why did you have like forty tables? Like, <laughs> yeah, not about to spend nearly five hundred pounds on um, cameras. Well, not those cameras anyway. Especially when like it's so unreliable as well. Like this, that was another reason. I was literally like, hundred percent guarantee. No, no, not. I'm not even talking about how the picture is going to come out. I'm talking about putting these disposable cameras on tables and then trusting people to actually do it properly. Like, yeah, yeah. and I don't, I don't even know if um, like say someone just took five pictures on it. I don't know if you can get those just those five developed and use the rest. Oh no! I think you can only get them developed like at the time, like yeah, like yeah, like one, one once, cool. yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So like, either you hold on to it and take your random memory pictures on the, the rest of those cameras, but you have a lot of pictures to take <laughs> <laughs> before you have got, them all full. Imagine we just had like forty cameras and they, a lot of them just had like a couple of photos. And we just took them all in a bag on the honeymoon, <laughs> just like all these cameras to take a couple. But that's of what photos I mean. Like, like that's a weird. Yeah. That couple that's going on. yeah we actually did take a couple on the honeymoon but we haven't got them developed yet it might not actually work oh. because i think we got some sand in the camera so we'll see also i've heard about taking them through like the the x-rays on Met airport security yeah like um i know i don't know about disposables but i know there's a lot of people for like actual proper film cameras like i remember once i took one with me when i went to america to see my grandparents and i was like freaking out about it because i'd read so many mm -hmm. horror stories of people that but you can get cases yeah like i don't know things like that just stress me out because when it comes to like airport no, security and stuff you have no control over ultimately like if someone decides they're gonna do something you don't want to kick up a fuss because you don't want to risk anything so yeah i guess so but like yeah i don't know i'll, I'll get a bit scared doing that but i don't even know what's on these cameras i've had these cameras there's three i've had two of them since december and they've taken me until like a couple of months ago to finish them up and then i had one i think we used the whole thing at my cousin's like yeah we did i used the whole thing nice. i gave it to the i gave it to the couple and then I gave it to people on the bride side of the family. So that's not fair. Like you guys get your share. And then and then I just got it, and it had like fourteen pictures in. I was way past the point of consciousness at this point. <laughs> it's going to be really, really fun to see what comes out on this camera. I'm excited now. Did you hear about? There's this photographer. I only learned about him recently. I can't remember what his name is, but he was like abusing a lot of substances, and he was drinking a lot and partying a lot. And he realized, like, oh, I can't remember anything the next day. So he bought a camera, and when he would only use the camera when he was like not in that, not sober. And he got some cool pictures, though. Weighing it up, is it worth it? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all, obviously, cool we're insight. not advocating for that, but it is a no, no, cool no. experiment. But artistically, like some, it was yeah. a cool like insight into like what you not only what he was doing that he didn't remember, but also what in his like not sober state did he think was a good time to take a picture yeah no that is cool at least he's alive right 
I think he was older and he passed away. I'm not sure. I'll have to find out. <laughs> well, he didn't die from the substance abuse, hopefully. Not sure. Okay, okay, okay right. Well, if he did, obviously, that's like... <sighs> condolences to the passed away photographer anyway i'm also i'm also trying to get back into drawing guys i do you draw i didn't know do you draw when i was younger like between the ages of like 12 and 15 this whole wall was artwork by me like just like a4 pieces of paper just stuck stuck on the wall just all over the whole thing and what happened simran yeah, I know. I really fell off. I think I think I then found makeup, and then I was like, "Oh, this is better." And now I don't know. No, no. I'm also like, "Why? Your wall's got nothing on it." So boring. This room is like a guest room. <laughs> <laughs> well, message received. <laughs> well, yeah, I, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <Move out. laughs> oh dear. Anyway, you wanted to not talk about necessarily so serious stuff anymore. You know, um, during the music break, I was scrolling through Instagram and saw that. Remember when we were talking about the pink concerts and all the mad things that happened at them, including everything. <laughs> everything I learned about pink concerts is against my will. <laughs> well, here we go again. So obviously, you got the cheese throwing and the throwing of mother's ashes which obviously we were not that's a fan up. of that's please don't do that but um i've just seen apparently a pink fan went into labor and gave birth at a pink concert recently so do you yeah. think it's pink say that again i do you think it's her something about her or it just draws that draws that strange thing <laughs> i don't know but on stage I, 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 I doubt the audience member went on stage and gave birth on the stage oh, I don't come think on. That. if I went into if I went into labour at a concert I'm doing it on stage you really want to be that exposed in front of hundreds of thousands of people no I'd turn, I'd turn away so why do you need to go on stage then for the dramatic effect oh my god right. anyway a lot of people why are you going to a concert that pregnant are you allowed to go to a concert that pregnant yeah i was thinking this like i don't know maybe pink like triggered something in her and then she's like i wonder if that baby's gonna really like pink if they don't it's a bit of a smack in the face but also can i just say this concept thing yeah of people throwing things it's gonna go to well it already has gone too far because i've seen some crazy things like that cardi b video there's a few other ones like someone threw something really hard with the phone at bb rexa yeah, right? yeah um there was a yg concert where they like loads of fans at the same time threw cups of water at him well like coordinated yeah because yeah. of drake <laughs> drake doesn't even know you but anyway like i think it's gonna get to a point where concerts are either like literally just gonna do it a stage set up behind a screen or like people are just not going to talk that's sad i think it's more more likely to be the former like they're gonna like start making like stages that like are really like inaccessible for anyone like from the Kanye audience West, uh what was it the pablo tour the like on a platform and... yeah yeah <laughs> that would suck but, also, oh go sorry. On. No, go on. <laughs> the weekend said he's not doing any more features. I hate when he's in the news. Like when I open Instagram and I see his face, I just think, oh, like, what's happened? I was like, he's he's either going to be like cancelled, worse, 
or like I just always think because he's quite an un from what I know I think he's unproblematic for the most part seen a few things but yeah seen a few things but like compared to some other people he's pretty unproblematic and he's pretty like innocent and he's always like smiley happy you know um he's just perfect anyway and like every time I see him come up I get nervous and I saw him come from my thing yesterday and it was like that he's not doing features anymore and why 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 don't know. Will he actually follow through with that though? I don't know, but apparently he's only releasing one more album under the weekend name and everything after that's gonna be under a different name, which I'm assuming is just gonna be able. Yeah. No, I think I saw that, yeah. Which is like fair um, enough. Why? What do you mean why? He's still the same person. I know, but still it's just I don't know, I just But also I think I read one comment about um this whole feature thing right and uh someone said it's because he had the two worst he was featured on the two worst songs of utopia by travis scott which uh, i don't I, think i wouldn't know <laughs> i don't think i like i like the k-pop song the other one is also fine like it's not it's not it's not the best song on the album it's not the worst song on the album but they're, they're not both the songs that he's on are not the best songs on the album they're like the mid-tier level songs in my opinion um so I really hope that's not why. Because that would make me really bad. Because, like, besides the tour, which has been amazing, not been a great year for him. The idol. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much only you fighting this corner, not going to lie. Allow it. <laughs> anyway, moving on from Simran's <laughs> weekly weekend um, obsession. A lot of people have had a fall from grace recently. Two of those being Lizzo and Ariana Grande. Oh, how I, how skilled are you on this, Simran? Okay, so I watched like forty seconds of, of like a ten minute long TikTok about someone unpacking the court case, the like the whole case against her, and I was like, oh, I don't have any of this. I can't be asked. Um, so I don't really know what it was about, and then I read her like all her marketing or PR teams, whatever statement. Yeah. It's like a really long Instagram slideshow. I didn't even read all of it. And I was like, oh, okay. This is obviously worded by a company. And then in the comments was a lot of people like, yeah, we stand by you. We love you. And a lot of like other celebrities, I'm pretty sure like a lot of like fashion brands. I want to say Mark Jacobs, but don't quote me on that. Like all in the comments, like saying like we support you, we like love heart emoji and things like that. So I'm thinking like, I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm not educated enough on it. To be yeah, tried. I mean the thing is as well. But also, we believe victims. Yeah, well the thing is as well. Like we're not here to kind of comment on like, and at the end of the day, this is literally an ongoing court case. So everything we say bears no um, resemblance to that, and we're not in a position to be able to say no. oh this is know. this and this is that i think it's more interesting to just kind of look at what p- these people are actually saying so yeah the ma- i'm not commenting on anyone's like guilt or innocence i'm not making a comment on that and like i said we believe victims over here mm. but i just i don't actually know what the general consensus is on anyone's opinion or anything about this yeah, i think it is pretty much split like you have got people that are obviously still standing by and supporting this and you've got people that are obviously like why have you allegedly done this and just to like kind of give a quick breakdown of the various allegations um 
the these accusers have testified to the sexually charged and uncomfortable environment they were allegedly forced to endure whilst working with Lizzo and her team, um, claiming um, basically... I'm not going to go into graphics, but a lot of this is kind of like sexual harassment allegations. Um, the plaintiffs were apparently aghast with how little regard Lizzo showed for the bodily autonomy of her employees and those around her, especially in the presence of many people whom she employed. Um, one dancers actually claimed that they soiled themselves because they were so fearful of taking a washroom break during an intense rehearsal um there's also been claims of the thing that people are like kind of like a bit taken aback by is um there's one claim of thinly veiled fat shaming essentially um obviously lizzo's then come forward and has uh, like you said part of this statement which is basically but the thing is like i feel like at the end of the day like we shouldn't be commenting on this anyway but it's also like you can't we don't know a who's made that um instagram twitter apology who's actually written it and b how much she's actually allowed to kind of say like i've seen a lot of people that have kind of been saying like why does she she only addresses a certain number of things or she only does this blah 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 but it's kind of like when it's literally an ongoing court case can you actually say that much like you might have been advised not to i don't know but i think obviously if if these allegations are true it is a massive problem and it's also really sad because everything that lizzo stands for but i think even before we like look at anything to do with these allegations and whatnot it's the thing that's been kind of sad has been to see how many people have kind of took this um the this 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 being in the news and this um surgence of critique of lizzo to basically jump on the fat phobia train like is like literally i've seen so many people that are just kind of using it as an excuse to make digs at lizzo over um her body size or that sort of thing which is literally like even if these stories are true like what what that bears no it doesn't give you the green card to then go and start making all these fat shaming comments towards her like it literally it does like it's literally that defeats the whole point i literally one of these people has come forward and claimed that they were fat shamed by lizzo so how does you doing it to her therefore make it okay like it doesn't make any sense I think it's like that with it's, it's like that with a lot of things like when a lot of people like get critiqued for stuff um, in the media people will use it as an excuse to kind of jump on the train and like basically say what they've been thinking the whole time but like haven't been able to and they kind of use it as an excuse to be like oh yeah and also this 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 is my thinly veiled racism popping through or my thinly veiled homophobia blah 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 like mm-hmm. yeah it's just it, it it's sad though like regardless of these allegations then the truth behind them like she's stood as such like a positive um figure and represented so much um progress progression in the music industry and the entertainment industry as a whole so to see this fall from grace like i mean obviously if it's been going on in the background then like fair enough whatever but it's just it's sad because i know that it'll be hurting a lot of people out there and you're right like about these situations where people like you think people are like very progressive or like liberal and have these views and like for the most part 
people are more accepting as it these days. But I think a lot of things have come up in the last couple of weeks, especially that bring out the like closeted, uh, like prejudiced views in terms of like fat phobia, racism, misogyny, like um, so many things. Like for example, this Lizzo thing, the Women's World Cup. Mm. Every single time I look at something, I look in the comments and it's like, well, if this, like, just naming all these specific conditions under which this goal could have been taken, it's like, you wouldn't be doing it if it was Mbappe or Messi or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just the and micro analysis of like that, or like, oh, if it was, you know, me there, I would like, have all of them. Like, was, I was like, just let someone be good at what they do, you know, regardless of their gender or whatever. And then also Tory Lane. Yeah, the amount of people that, um, literally in the entertainment industry. He's obviously been sentenced to 10 years following the shooting of Megan Thee Stallion in the foot. And all these people in the entertainment industry have kind of come forward, like voicing their support for him, including, I know, Steph Londona has, Iggy Azalea. Like, it's just, yeah, it's not great. Like, because it kind of like... I just, I don't understand, like, obviously he's been sentenced and stuff now, so I feel like it's a lot easier for us to talk about it. But I also don't understand, like, how, at the end of the day, like, it's kind of, it, it's been proven that he shot someone in the foot. So, like, how, how also, do you spin that? <laughs> like Yeah, and I also read something about, um, even if he didn't shoot her in the foot, he was still not allowed to have a gun in whatever capacity he did in that state so no matter what he would have been going to jail yeah, yeah. like he there's, there still would have been consequences to having a gun in that specific state they were in or whatever and i was just like well that doesn't make any sense then why is everyone defending him because he still committed a crime and even if like i like it got tested in a court of law yeah, I know America's not exactly the upstanding like place of like fairness, but but it's also like the if if it, if the offense was against a white man, for example, I would kind of be like, okay, I kind of understand the power dynamics that are at play here and why some people might be more skeptical. But literally, the um, plaintiff is Megan Thee Stallion. She's literally a black woman. Like, mm-hmm. like what reason is there for? Um, any court of law to have bias toward in her favour. Do you know what I mean? And um, also, speaking of Steph London, I think I'm really late to this um, news story, but there was like a clip of, I, I'm so sure it was her, on Love Island after Sun. Do you know which clip I'm talking about? I didn't watch no. Love Island this year, so I don't really know the context in which this was said, but there was a, um, a couple and the like. she was basically making a comment about something that the 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 guy did in this in whatever scenario in love island and um was like well i'm not totally convinced that he even likes girls and then all the people in the crowd were like gasped because they were like you can't say that and then he was like she was she kind of like doubled down on it and was like yeah yeah he doesn't like you know he's at least bi or something and i was like i'm sure that we're just talking about someone probably being like not your definition of masculine and you can't just then write them off as like not heterosexual because they've done something that doesn't fit your definition of masculinity and i think what a lot of these things come back to in terms of like tory lane's women's football women's sports in general is that underlying like misogynistic views that people hold still and it goes for men and women clearly and i think that's what the barbie film is good for yeah and <laughs> anyone who's got their knickers in a twist over and needs to get a life 
Yeah, and people are so mad I'm about it. I'm kind of realising like, oh. that gives in a twist also isn't the best um, <laughs> thing to stay here, so I apologise for that as well. But wow, that you get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> the cards are cancelled. Like, yeah, jeez. <laughs> At least it's you, not me. Um, wow, okay. <laughs> for once, for once. Mm. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, a lot of people were saying like how Barbie is man-hating, and I was like, it's not man-hating, it's patriarchy-hating. And the whole point, which you're obviously so clearly missing, is that it shows how patriarchy is bad for men and how mm. it was created by men and it doesn't benefit men. Yeah. And then people want to sing about men's mental health, which obviously is so important, but you can't when you're not, you're not understanding it within the context of a patriarchy which is created by men and also equally does not benefit men by placing these standards on men which they cannot yeah. adhere to but also the majority of people that want to talk about that are like in this scenario will only bring it up in that scenario like they'll never yeah. talk yeah, about yeah, it yeah, yeah, in yeah, any yeah. other circumstances 100%. just when they feel like their masculinity is being questioned yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. that's generalizing uh, yeah it's true but that, that is 100 percent true I mean, the other thing that was in the news that I wanted to talk about was what's been going on with Ariana Grande. Are you clued up with this? Kind of. Right. Was there some scandal, some um, so promiscuity? Well, so basically, for those who don't know, because it did happen in um, lockdown, um, Ariana Grande got married um, to Dalton. Um, Dalton Gomez, I believe his name is. Um, he is, I don't know what he is actually, but they got married during lockdown. Um, meanwhile, in a separate scenario, um, Ethan Slater, who is a Broadway musical theatre performer, he has been in a 10 year relationship with his high school sweetheart. He's best known for playing the role of SpongeBob in SpongeBob the Musical. Oh, the musical. Yeah, Simran got really excited for a second there. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, um, but obviously, um, they've been filming the Wicked movie. Um, so, for those of people who don't know, Wicked is a musical that's based around the Wizard of Oz, and it's basically based about about the witches in that. Um, so both Ariana Grande and Ethan Slater are in this film. Um, they've been in London, I believe, filming it for the past year or so. January of this year, we got the news that Ariana Grande and her husband, um, Dalton Gomez, uh, broken up. Um, now it, um, has since come out that, um... Ethan Slater and Ariana Grande allegedly have had some kind of relationship around this point. Um, again, none of this has actually been agreed with by either of the two people. However, basically, Ethan Slater, in I think it was like springtime in um, 2023, posted like a Mother's Day post um, for because this is the thing as well. He's high school sweetheart. They have a kid together that was born like at the end of last year. He's posted like this thing, the Happy Mother's Day, blah blah blah. Ariana Grande has liked the post as well. Um, uh, and then in July, it came out that the two were allegedly um, dating. So it's kind of like where 
there's either there's either overlap here or there is it's been a very quick switch which in either case is a bit fishy because a lot of people have been pointing out how the two couples actually did know each other during the time and it's just it's just sad like i don't know i mean obviously we like i said neither one of the two people have commented on it um ethan's wife has commented on it and said that this story is basically dalton and ariana my family is just collateral collateral damage basically so yeah it's, it's just sad it is sad like he's a, apparently filed for divorce from his wife as well so clearly they are um splitting up but oh my god yeah, I feel bad for the wife, sorry. Yeah. I mean, no matter what is true, like, that's, she just doesn't need to go through this. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, I saw this as well, actually. Like, someone actually came forward, going back to the Lizzo thing. And, you know, it's so sad as well, because um, Lizzo has obviously been this plus-size black woman who's in the mainstream limelight. And for her to, to see her when she went public with her man, like in this past year was great like i i was like so happy to like see that she's like got someone it's really nice to see that like plus size black women can have love too and rightly should be able to show that off etc however with all this that's come out um this lizzo's boyfriend's ex has actually come forward and said that she claims that their relationship actually started whilst they were still together which again is just sad like why why and i think the main message from all of this stuff basically i think it comes down to what we talked about before which is parasocial relationships and when you have these people like lizzo and ariana grande who have both been through an incredible incredible amount of um, suffering in their lives in their respective areas like they've been through so much and they are still like putting out music they're doing good things it's hard to kind of realize that at the end of the day they're also humans and not necessarily all people are good people or not necessarily everyone is 100 percent a good person so regardless of what these allegations are like it's just it it's it's hard when you hear this stuff and you have to kind of be like oh actually this person that i idolized actually might not be the angel that i thought they were yeah i think that's where it gets messed up when you like obviously you don't know them you just see what the media lets you see and what their pr agents who are very good at their job let you see yeah. Do you know what i mean so it's like if you want to depict someone like ariana grande when she first came out as like a fresh face like very innocent kind of music singer and then she kind of came into her womanhood and you kind of saw that journey and her journey with that romantic relationships and stuff she was a very portrayed as a very likable person mm. i always felt anyway you know yeah no i agree and for people that are fans of Lizzo, I would also say the same in that like she was just she just stood for positivity and stuff like that. And as someone who religiously is a fan of one artist, like it's very easy to kind of get that person and make them a great person in your head. And like someone even asked me the other day, they're like, What could the weekend do that would make you stop listening to his music? And I was like, It'd have to be really bad. Like, like it would have to be really bad. Um so it's hard. I think if god forbid if something came out about him i would need i would need a couple of months to mourn 
like I would need to get over it. Like it would take a, such a long time for me. So I get it, you know. Yeah. But it's like, do you think that you need to do a certain level of maybe unlearning to brace yourself for the possibility of that? It's just like making yourself realize that they are people and everyone like when you look at like historically celebrities who have committed crazy things they they had such huge fan bases at their peak and people probably thought they could do no wrong and they weren't doing crazy things behind the scenes because you know what you what you don't see is not gonna hurt you coming to the end of the show now thought it's only right seeing as yesterday was the date that we celebrate 50 years of hip-hop now simran i know hip-hop has played a big part in your music taste so have you got any words to say to it happy birthday (laughs) do you want to know the story behind it yeah so on august the 11th 1973 a young woman from the bronx threw a back to school party at her apartment um to keep costs manageable she had her 18 year old brother known for his like good sound system be the dj this woman was cindy campbell and her brother was clive better known as dj cool herc now it wasn't necessarily like what he played that was like the big deal but it was more like what he was actually doing so in 1973 this was quite like a novel concept of basically having two turntables and kind of getting the breakdown so like the bit of the music that was like the best bit or like the instrumental section and basically keeping that on loop so in that way like the songs kept on going rather than just playing one song then the next song um and obviously that then became like quite um like what's it called commonplace for like this um new york dj culture that grew in the 70s um and then in the um, late 70s early 80s was when mcs actually started coming on on top of this like looping and actually starting r- what we know as rapping and then obviously it was 1979 um when rapper's delight by sugar hill gang um was released and that's widely recognized as like the first hip-hop song that actually drew mainstream attention like it went into the top 40 in the us top three in the united kingdom and went to number one in canada so yeah i think the thing that's cool about hip-hop as well like from that story as well and if anyone hasn't seen it um i don't know if it's still on netflix but it used to be it's called the get down it got cancelled which i was really annoyed about but like that was a really good series about this kind of era um the thing that's cool about hip-hop is like how it's even though like it's based a lot around sampling and rejigging music that already exists it's so creative in terms of like what you can do and like this whole idea of sampling as well and like kind of taking like just a snippet of a song and like flipping it and like making it into your own essentially I think it's so cool like the amount of like subsidiary like genres that came from it as well in the last like 50 years and you see like rap trap and like grime and drill and like Mm. all these like every country has their own take on it and all these cultures have their own take on it and different artists have their own take and it's very like cool to see like when you learn that story how it kind of stemmed from like one house party it's crazy yeah yeah no and i think i think the thing is as well like it wouldn't 
clearly it's like loved otherwise it wouldn't have like taken off the way that it is and i think it's just testament to how much of a unique and really like creative thing it actually is and it's cool to kind of see how much that has grown and like you say i've never really thought about it but like obviously you kind of know that like trap grime um etc it's it's black music like it's music that was originated um from like black music and was made by black people originally um but i've never really thought about how it's actually come from hip-hop before and i think that's really cool to kind of think about how different it is but it's still like it's all part of that like big family tree sort of yeah no, that's yeah, really that, is, cool. that is very cool i was gonna what was i gonna say i was gonna say i'm really curious to see like what if like a new genre comes out in the next like 10 years and it like kind of takes off the same amount because i feel like you have like these like smaller ones like trap but then they're for a slightly niche set of people but like i'm talking about like a whole new sound unless mm-hmm. you can name me one that has already but i'm just not thinking i don't even know it's hard it's like with music it's like oh like hypothesizing oh one day are we gonna run out of like no combinations to make songs but it's like i doubt it because like they probably thought that when all you had was like bop <laughs> <Buck. laughs> why did you say it like that how did you say it <laughs> no but it's just tweet buck <laughs> I was trying to think of like a composer. I was trying to think of um I was trying to say Mozart and Bach at the same time and it was gonna come out as Maybach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. But, like, like back then they probably thought like, oh we maxed out and then someone came along and like did something new and they were like, Oh, turn us up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the same with like I think it's probably more comparable to like um what people say, Oh, think of a um a, a colour that doesn't exist. Like, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. But then it's like, you actually try to do it, and you're like, yeah. no, I can't. But then I, I don't know. There's going to be something, I guess. Like, look at, like, AI. True. Tell you what I am enjoying by it with AI. Um, although, like, it is kind of weird, like, how scarily accurate it is. Two things I've been enjoying is, first of all, um, they're making Glee covers. Um, so, like... For like, if Glee had continued, who would have sung The whole of like, the whole of like AI technology, the this vast landscape of like generative artificial intelligence, and this is where we landed. Don't judge me, because the second one I'm gonna say is they make SpongeBob and Patrick sing songs. Like I saw one this morning that was. All on, right, I did yeah. see. I did see Plankton sing "Careless Whisper," and I did save it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one of um, Spongebob and Plankton singing um, Chloe and Halle, and I was like, okay. Like, this is- do you ever, also, on a side note, really quickly, do you ever do that thing where, like, you tell someone a fact, and they're like, oh, like, where did you find that? And you're just like, I read it, and it was just like a TikTok. <laughs> yeah, there is so much on TikTok that you kind of just take as gospel. All my all my information is from TikTok, and I I'd be like, I saw that online. Like, I, like I'm doing, like, research. Fact check, no, it's on TikTok, it, it must be TikTok. true. Yep. Me. But like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's pretty cool for that. Can I ask you for a favor? Go on. Can I commission you for something? Yeah. I'll give you a fiver. A fiver, right? Go on. I've got a picture, and I want to make it look like a corporate headshot. It's a selfie. Why don't you just use AI for that? I tried. Oh, did, it, did it. it give you like three fingers or something? It gave me like no. It just made the background like not look like a background. Like it just looked really weird. 
Fair. Yeah, I can try that. But we're coming up to the end of the show, so I did want to ask you, um, before I get cut off at the end of the hour, um, any favourites of hip-hop or hip-hop artists, uh, albums, anything like that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm going to say something and someone's going to be like, that's not hip-hop, that's something else. I don't want to, like, stick my foot in it. Yeah, I really don't want to stick my foot in it. I, well, there, what, there's an, so an artist, many. then? Ooh, Little Wayne. Is that more like rap? Yeah, it is a great. It's obviously, all like the seventies, like end of like NWA, like all of those people. Like I feel like back then, you can't really speak about hip hop without kind of acknowledging their presence and like furthering that. And then, like I honestly, like yeah. Right. Here's. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something, and people are gonna get angry. So I'm just gonna shut up. Right. Here's one where you have to pick, um, Tupac or Biggie. Biggie. Really? Yeah. I always have. I was. I do like Tupac songs, but I've, since but I've just grown up with a lot of Biggie songs. Interesting. I think I, I don't know why I was expecting you to say Tupac. I don't know. No, I don't. I actually personally don't know that many Tupac songs, and like I've always grown up with Biggie. Wait, what's yours? Um, I don't. I don't know it enough. Like, I think I. I like. I like Tupac songs more, but I only know a limited amount anyway, so I can't really comment that much. I just think uh, with Biggie, like, it's a bit more... It was kind of like the more mainstream, and it was less... Like, he made a lot of more, like, light-hearted songs, unless I'm completely missing, like, half of Tupac's discography, where it was, like, really light-hearted, but I just haven't personally listened to it. But, like, a lot of the Biggie songs that I've listened to are, like, they, they slap. Like, they're kind of, like, club bangers. Yeah. Well, we've reached the end of the hour anyway, so I have to wrap it up there. But thank you so much, Simran, for tuning in this week. And thanks to everyone that has been listening. Come back next week, two to four. Oh, yeah, we're doing a bit of South Asian Heritage Month next week, so that would be good. Um, even though South Asian Heritage Month finishes the um, like a couple of days before, but you know, I don't know why they they've chosen to do it like bang in the middle of two months. Like I always end up missing it. But, like, of course, of course, they it's do. A- Asian timing. Asian timing. Yeah, yeah leave it on that. Right. Yep. Yeah, see Thank you next you week. 